Welcome to the King's Table. Welcome to the King's Table, a podcast of Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. The King's Table exists to help people know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. From the altar table to the dinner table, the conference table to the pool table, because Jesus is Lord over all. Welcome back, guys. My name is Rusty, and I'm here with Jeff and Matt again. Hey, guys. It's good to be with you. What's up? Today, we're going to pick up where we left off last week and uh, tackle the next side of the pulpit. So last week, we were discussing what is it, what's happening at the pulpit, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish there, what uh, can you expect really of us as we are there to deliver the word each week, and specifically, as we're going to talk about today, what are you listening for, what are you expecting to hear from God, from his mm-hmm. word? So this week, we're going to kind of flip uh, positions there and, and jump into the pew. What does it mean to listen to the pulpit? What does it mean to listen to the Word of God? One of the books that I <laughs> I really appreciate, we use it for our family ministry, for our youth ministry. And uh, it's it's This Changes Everything, How the Gospel Transformed the Teen Years by Jaquel Crow. And this, this I say little lady because everybody's little to me, but young lady, young professional woman, uh, who wrote this book for, for teenagers does way better than most of the men in our church could ever could ever do. And it this book for teenagers, I think, shames so many adults in the church, uh, really knocking out of the park a lot of the basic principles that they really should pay attention to. Mm. So this is uh, her actually quoting two guys, so I guess everything I said is c- kind of a wash, but <laughs> <laughs> it was good research from her. So... She quotes uh, Eric McKitty and says, uh, (laughs) 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 it's trying to be respectful, but yeah, I'm going to edit this in some fashion. Uh, Eric McKitty writes, teenagers in whom God is at work do not cringe at a gospel-centered sermon from the Bible. Rather, they receive it with power and joy, even if it causes them to suffer. And she goes on to say, if sermons are a catalyst for our growth, then we ought to devote serious consideration to how to listen better. Tony Reinke writes, the life and health and growth of our souls are tied to how well we listen. We are wise to periodically evaluate our own hearing of God's word. If we listen with carelessness, we can drift away from God. So I think of careful sermon listening as three-step P process, prepare, pay attention, practice. And we're going to kind of format it that way today. But with that, um, when you guys think about, because I mean, our rotation is uh, we all preach, uh, but that means... Two of us are in the pew uh, at all times. But when you guys think about the pew, what do you think are some common barriers, misconce- misconceptions that we have when it comes to how to listen or what to expect when it comes to church? Yeah, I, I think one of the um, big uh, misconceptions to listening is just thinking, what can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, that can be... Um, I don't want to push people to like just listen for someone else, but we've so stigmatized that in such a bad way that if I even begin to think, how does this apply to someone else? That that is necessarily evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to change maybe the way of like thinking about I I need to listen for myself, but for myself for the good of others. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I, I need to be sanctified in this moment, not just so that I can be a better person or my life can be a little bit better or, or whatever, those kind of more humanistic, uh, selfish desires, but like uh, that, that I can be a more, uh, a better representative of Jesus to my neighbor, uh, to my, particularly my fellow churchmen. Um, so I think that's a, a misconception. Uh, we just kind of, we're just self-focused, entertainment-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah, there's, there's, I think we have all kinds of expectations that uh, we come into that, the listening with. Yeah, sometimes I think, too, people will listen through other people's ears. I hear what you're saying. Mm. Often people sit in the pew, how, how can this minister to me? And they've come that way, they've walked into the doors with that expectation. And, you know, if they're sitting in the pew saying only how can this impact me, they're probably interacting with people during the fellowship time in the same way. Like, how, how can I get something from these people? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's all about me. But I would also say sometimes people sit in the pews and they listen to the sermon through the ears of somebody else. And what I mean by that is not like you just described in how can I use this to equip others, but in, oh, crap, how are they going to react to this? <laughs> and we, we talked yeah. about this in the last episode. Uh, on yeah. I can't bring some people. I can't bring my unbelieving friends here because this might be a too offensive or a wife might be listening through the ears of her husband or vice versa or my kids. So we've got to be really careful about that because Satan can really distract. Yeah, that's um, part of that first quote is that when teenagers and whom God is at work, do not cringe on a gospel-centered sermon. Right. And like, yeah. it, you know, it gets a little rough and sandpapery. Yeah. Yeah, so the, your concern should not be so much like, how is so-and-so going to hear that because the preacher said it this way? Yeah. But it should be, how is so-and-so going to hear that because of whether or not they're walking with Jesus right sure. now? Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. that should be their concern. Are they walking in the spirit? Do they have receptive ears yeah. to hear this, or are they just are they walking in the flesh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think another misconception is that the preacher is going to do all the work for me. <laughs> He's going to explain everything in a way that I can understand fully. He's going to do all the work, and there's really not a responsibility for me. Yeah, uh, if there was yeah. any any mis like understanding, I think I've experienced that's the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. I think another uh, is like coming in to the setting, uh, people not understanding how much um, baggage, uh, how much misunderstanding, Mm -hmm. how much of their own assumptions or their own projections that they're going to bring in to the the listening and and being taught moment. Yeah. and st- I mean, people got to understand, like, like when I get up to preach, I'm I when I prepare to preach, I am thinking about those things for people so that I can dismantle them yeah. <laughs> like so that I can um, just kind of rip those apart mm-hmm. uh, piece by piece. And I have to pick and choose which ones I think are going to you know hit the most people or the most important yeah. for our moment and, and obviously ap- ap- applicable to that passage. But. Um, you have to re- you have to really be conscientious of what's going on and what you bring to the table that's good or bad yeah. in the understanding and listening moment. Yeah, even a, a layer further down, practically, if I haven't slept well the night before, mm-hmm. if I've been rushed getting out of the house. So, you know, we encourage our parents to prepare to have their kids sitting mm-hmm. through the service. And that means forethought, you know, if you need a snack or whatever 
depending on the age. And in the same way, we have to think about <laughs> those kinds of things as well. Mm -hmm. I'm coming into this tired or I don't feel good. I need to, I need to give some thought um, to my prep to come mm -hmm. and listen to God's word. And that means something as practical as getting in bed early enough the night before yeah. so that I can prep myself to pay attention. Yeah, two quick thoughts on that. My family uh, has started this practice of a Sabbath dinner on Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. And, and all of that means is that we're very intentional about how we spend the dinner and the evening before service with the aim of preparing for Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thought is this. Uh, my, in this last, uh, I think last night for dinner, my kids and I were talking about people sleeping during the sermon. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to get out of me the names of who, who has done that or who does it regularly. And I, of course, I would not tell them the names, My but I... My three-year-old falls but, asleep sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, a little more understanding for him. Uh, I told them, though, I said, well, why don't you keep your eyes open, and next time you see someone sleeping, um, you can ask them why they were sleeping after the sermon. Um, and, uh, but, but the conversation, I just told my kids, I said, do you guys think it would be okay if I Saturday night did not get enough sleep and in the middle of the sermon said, hey, guys, I'm just going to close my eyes for the next five minutes and sleep? Like, would, would people be okay with that? Would that be acceptable for me to get up on the stage and fall asleep in the middle of part of my sermon? I mean, I've talked to old men before who fall asleep while they're talking, but, but like, would that be okay? That would not be okay. You're just resting your eyes. <laughs> oh, just rest my eyes, right. <laughs> Baloney. Right. Baloney. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, so, but it would never be okay. No. It, it, would, you be, would it be okay for the preacher to show up having very little preparation for what he's about to do? No. Well, then why is it okay as, as a congregant to show up with very little preparation? Can you fall asleep during your, it, here's your why. business meeting at your work? Yes, yeah, right. Why is it okay in our day and age for someone to show up to hear the preaching of God's word unprepared, meaning they haven't read the passage, mm -hmm. they... Uh, they're not putting the time in to study and know what we're doing and where we're at. They didn't get enough rest. They didn't eat enough. Why? Because it's been turned into a consumer event. Yeah. And a consumer event, you can show up however you want. But I'm telling you, people show up for football games way better than they do to hear the Word of God preached. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that takes us into our first one that we're essentially tackling already. <laughs> to be to prepare. And I think the answer to your question is not just that uh, that's uh, functionally what's happening is it's a consumer thing. It's that they don't expect God to speak. Yeah. 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 When I go to a football game, I expect to see, football. you know, football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I expect to see Unless a you're team. a Cleveland fan. Yeah. Well, that, that's a different kind of sport. Um, <laughs> a drinking one. Uh, I expect them to play football. I expect them to have practiced. I yeah. expect them to try to win. They're trying to go to the Super Bowl. When I show up to church, I should, as we have here first, expect God to speak. There's something mm -hmm. very significant that happens here. Yeah. It makes it different. It makes it sacred in a very real sense from everything else that we do. And we'll talk about it in a minute. It's because we're together, too, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You should come in. You should expect God to speak. Now, there, there's a little book, a little booklet, rather, by Christopher Ash called Listen Up, and seven of these, like, uh, key points are from his book. Mm -hmm. um, expect God to speak being one of those. Um, and, and the thing is, though, if you're going to think about expect God to speak, you got to be careful, like, what are your expectations? Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, I think one of your expectations should not be, and this is kind of you alluded to this a little bit earlier, Jeff, about... Um, 
uh, don't expect the pastor to do all the work for you. Yeah. So like, don't expect to walk away understanding everything. Yeah. Like the the preacher spent all week and and marinated it and, and in it and soaked in it and and tried to put this thing together. There's no way you're gonna understand everything yeah. in a microwaved 60 minute moment. Mm-hmm. Like it's not gonna happen. Um, you've got to put the time in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like like my wife regularly re-listens to sermons mm-hmm. during the week where she can hit pause and take more notes and so on and so forth. A lot of that's that consumerism, though. I I want to go and thoroughly be entertained, and I want to get all of it right then in that moment so we go watch movies like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny how that movies... I think, I think it was the Jason Bourne series that they started the movie like while the early um, credits were coming up. Like back in the day, you watched a movie and they showed all the like old Westerns, all the long intro of a horse like walking across the desert while they showed who the director was and all this stuff. And then the movie started. Now it's like the movie starts and they start showing you because we get bored and we need to be entertained quickly and we want to have it all and understand it all because mm-hmm. uh, our brains are lazy. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot of intellectually lazy people that often sit in church pews and they're not willing to engage and, and realize that we got to marinate. That's why we talk about meditating on God's word. Yeah. You used the analogy once in a sermon, and I've used it before about cows, how they regurgitate <laughs> and they chew the cud uh-huh. and they swallow again. That's what we're asking people to do uh-huh. is to, to marinate in this, to, to regurgitate it and chew on it again, because that's where you get the nutrients. That's, that's where the Holy Spirit is able to come in. And Martin Luther said the true preacher then takes over after the human preacher has sat down mm-hmm. and, he, and the Holy Spirit takes those things and takes them into our hearts. Mm-hmm. So don't, yeah, don't expect to get it all in one, one blast. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get it right away. It's like, lead, like reading books. Like sometimes you just got to, like what's that nugget that I need to snag um, and, and take with me? And, but, but don't be afraid to go back and dig for more yeah. gold, you know? Um, squeeze it for every ounce that you can. That's part of why we do what we do at Christ the Lord. We have uh, where you read the passage on Wednesday nights with your uh, with your home group, mm-hmm. and then Thursday we release Looking Ahead, so people can ask some good questions that are pertinent to the passage and the sermon. Then you hear the sermon. Then you should go reflect on the sermon, and then you uh, on Monday and uh, Tuesday, and then you get back to home group and you apply it together, and then yeah. you start the whole cycle all over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. something super helpful we do: get yourself a good Bible app. And then just play that on the way to church. And then you can uh, listen to... I did, did I say super helpful? You did. Rusty's very excited. Ah. I said super helpful. Yes. But now that means you can't say it, Russ. That means you can't say it now. For the next 10 minutes. <laughs> did you cite him? I did not cite him. As Rusty <laughs> you says, didn't cite the what is super helpful... <laughs> Shut up, Matt. I'm trying to talk. Um, don't punch me. Get yourself a Bible app where you can play the audio... Listen to it on the way to church and then listen to the set list, you know, that we have or some of the songs that we've been singing mm-hmm. and prepare your heart in that way. It's very simple stuff. It's super helpful. <laughs> and and the, back to the, uh, like, expect God to speak. What, what should you expect? Mm-hmm. Like, you should expect that God's word will not return void. Mm-hmm. You, you should expect that you will reap what you sow mm-hmm. yeah. and God will not be mocked. So if you come in 
and you don't expect God's word to speak, therefore you listen with dull ears, God will not be mocked, and you will reap the consequence of having dull ears. Mm. On the flip side, if you come in expecting God's word to transform your life, your soul, your hands, your ministry, your corner of the earth, your family, and to give you the grace and the power and the instruction that you need, God will also not be mocked. Yeah. Right? And, and his, his abundant grace and power and mercy will be upon mm. your doings mm. that are now informed by his word that comes with all of his grace and power already packed within it. Right. But in order to do that, you have to put yourself in a posture of admitting that God knows better than you do. <laughs> well, so, yes, right? because pride closes off new information. Right. The problem I see to string between these two is that people do come expecting to hear from God, but they come expecting to hear something light, encouraging, positive, right? Hey, love. And, and, and they'll hear that in many places, right? And then go away thinking that they heard. Mm. But that's not that's not the exclusive work of the spirit, right? When we talk about, and I know you're not saying that, what you're, mm-hmm. what you're describing is that God's word is effective and it's effective to the purpose of sanctification. Yes. yes. So what I, I've used this a couple times very recently, and I, uh, I think anyways, the people found it helpful. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, and that is what is success when it comes to, to speech or when it comes to like the ministry of God's word, what is success? Uh, ideally, I'm trying to aim at uh, the person uh, walking away, loving and trusting the Lord. But in order to get there first, we have to uh, expose the truth of the matter, mm-hmm. meaning the truth of the word and the truth of your life circumstance. Mm-hmm. Like we, that's that because because if successful preaching, or in this case, if successful listening is just walking away feeling good about something or knowing something a little bit more, then Jesus failed many times at communication, mm-hmm. right? Because you have the rich, the rich man who goes away sad. Well, Jesus didn't fail in that moment. He was incredibly successful. Why? Because he exposed the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. So the goal in preaching is to expose the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. And so... When you say sanctification, Russ, that sanctification is only going to happen if my expectation as I sit underneath the word of God is that it's going to expose the truth of the matter. Mm. Then I can walk away and deal with the truth of the matter. And knowing the truth, the truth sets you free. Mm -hmm. So I know the truth of the word, the truth of my circumstances. Now I can walk in freedom. But if I'm thinking just listening success is I walk away knowing a little nugget even, or just being happy about Jesus, then I've, I've, I have misdiagnosed or I have wrongly assessed the listening uh, moment when what I need to long for when I walk away is, has the truth of the matter been spoken? Mm-hmm. Has my sin been revealed? My lack of belief risen to the surface? Has it been repented of? And now I'm walking in truth. That's that's like success with the icing on top. Because mm-hmm. Jesus was successful uh, it, when he told the rich young man to walk away. 
mm-hmm. or I told him that what he must do, and the, the man walked away sad. Um, that's not ideal that the man would walk away sad. Uh, but Jesus was still successful. Yeah. And, and what we're speaking to still here, even though it sounds like we're talking about after the fact, is your preparation. This informs everything and how you enter into the building. Exactly. Because if you yeah. come in with the wrong expectations, yeah. you're going to walk away probably disappointed every time. Yeah. And so in this in this way, we're entering in with a humility, as you were describing earlier, that God does indeed know better. If God knows better, then we need to spend quality time learning the content. Just exposing the truth of the matter helps us say, you know what? I need a perspective shift probably. I need to yeah. I need to reset and make sure I understand what's going on. So if that's the case, then it's going to take some work on my end. So it's not just expecting God to speak, but it's expecting to have some work to do, which we'll shake most of that out in the practice. But, I mean, as far as it speaks to expectations, work to do, what do you think about that? I have thoughts. I've got I've got one. But I saw Matt about to <laughs> give a thought. <laughs> if we're in this uh, underneath, like, number two here of admit God knows better than yeah. you, I think probably, like, preparation numero uno is humility. Because, uh, you know, wisdom and knowledge and sanctification, growth, those things are a package deal. Mm-hmm. Foolishness ignorance and sin and arrogance and arrogance are a package deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Yes. Pride, uh, foolishness, ignorance. That's a package deal. Mm-hmm. So, and here's why it's a package deal. It's like if I, I do a lot of uh, water trough filling right now <laughs> for, for some very large thirsty animals. Thank you. Right. <laughs> other animals other than Russ. Okay. Um, I, and if, but if I take that hose up to it and I'm expecting to fill it up, but somewhere up the line, there's a kink in that hose. There's no water coming out or there's very little water coming out. Pride is that. Hmm. And why is pride like that kink up the hose? Because, because pride says, I don't need any more water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why the prideful person stays ignorant and foolish and lacks knowledge because they already think they know it. Mm-hmm. So their mind, they're listening, literally their, their listening receptors are closed. Mm-hmm. The, the, the hose is turned off. They've said, no, I'm good. And it's easy for people to, like the default walking into a sermon is not going to be... Uh, Oh, I'm humble and I'm here to listen and learn from God. That's not most people's default. It's usually, and it's not consciously a prideful, I don't need to hear anything today. But it, what it looks like most often is a lackadaisical, lethargic, just kind of ho-hum. I'm just kind of here. I don't expect great things. And so you don't come in prepared and anxious in a good way and excited and ready to hear God speak. Mm-hmm. So you, that takes work. Yeah. That takes work. Yeah, and it takes it takes finding the the problem up the hose, being willing to confess that and repent of it, hopefully before you even get there. And in the midst of a sermon when you feel the when you feel the um the laziness or the anger or the pride welling up in you to quickly confess and repent right there in the moment and allow the word of God to to continue to soften your heart. We have so many other voices jockeying for our ears 
when we sit down to listen to the Word of God. And I'm just saying that practically because we've come in, as we've already mentioned, with all these things that we're thinking about, you know, and we're, maybe we're tired or maybe we got out of the house late or we're dealing with something difficult, whatever. But also when, we've already said this, but when God's Word is proclaimed, when the saints are gathered together, there is a, a cosmic battle mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. You can't see it. There's birds up in the rafters. There's birds in the rafters. Satan himself weren't willing and ready to swoop down and pluck away the, the seed that is being sown. And we just, I can't stress that enough. And all mm. of these, you know, when I say jockeying, I'm talking about like in the, in the pack of, of horses, thoroughbreds racing, where they are working and maneuvering and scheming on how to, how mm. to outdo the other one. And that is what is happening when you're listening to the word of God. Yeah. And in Screwtape, he says, don't come after, and to his apprentice, don't come after him with lustful thoughts in those moments. Simply remind him that he's hungry. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. These That's right. little distractions. Man, and I, like, husbands and fathers, you're responsible for this with your family. Mm-hmm. So, man, if, you, if, you, if, if a husband knows that his wife is tempted to let these seeds be snatched by hunger or by her emotionalism or by her uh, jaded glasses that she's got from past church hurts or or whatever's going on, your responsibility is to help her work on those, Mm -hmm. to help her prepare before she comes and then to work through it after. Say, hey, honey, I know when you heard that, I'm sure you've got this decade-long uh, uh, bitterness thing you're working over over here. I just want to make sure you heard that the right way. Yeah, get those birds, hit them. Yep, yeah. get out in, your guns and shoot them. Bird in the hand is better than two in a bush. Right, <laughs> because and I say it's a cosmic battle when we think about this like epic fight going on in the sky, this dog fight over our heads. But what Satan will do is he will do exactly what he did to Eve. Did God really say? Yeah, and he slithers through the pews. And whispers in our ears, mm-hmm. and I think that you're exactly on point. When the, our, hus- our husbands in our church have to take the responsibility to, in a in a good way, listen through their wife and children's ears mm-hmm. in a way that they can equip them and know and live with their wife and kids in an understanding way. Meaning, I know their struggles, I know their um, the pitfalls, and I know how they're probably going to hear this, and I'm going to follow this up later and say. I bet you heard it this way. Yeah, that's this the, is what the Word of God says, actually. That's the next level of leadership. That's what we're doing as elders when we prepare. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So we spend X amount of hours a week preparing to do that very thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. For you. You should give it more than a, a half a half listen for yeah. 60 minutes, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me going again, man. If I'm going to spend 14 hours and you're going to give a half donkey listen for... 20 minutes out yeah. of 60 mm-hmm. like that. Well, and, and then the problem it's, is, it's is shameful. That people will come away and say they feel discouraged by the preaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I feel discouraged by your sleeping. Honestly, <laughs> if you feel discouraged, that's fine. Just actually tell me what part. And I'm like, well, I don't really remember the whole thing. Right. <laughs> just felt kind of heavy. Yeah. It, no. Or when, you, or when you use this tone of voice. Yeah, and as I've said before, when people come to me and be like, great sermon preacher, I'm like, awesome, I'm glad it was helpful. What did you find helpful? And they yeah. actually have to tell me something? Like, Yeah. yeah. What, <laughs> what most people say, what most people mean is, I have a warm fuzzy right now. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is, because I, I, 
I've been told I'm kind of animated when I preach sometimes. Somebody recently compared me to Jay-Z, which is not a badge of honor for me. They're like, you just say good things really loud. <laughs> and I'm like, gee, thanks. <laughs> but I've had people in the past go and be like, man, I just love your enthusiasm. And I'm like, great. And I asked what Russ asked, like, about what in particular? I just really love your enthusiasm. Like, you didn't hear what I said. You just heard the volume, yep. right? <laughs> This heard the volume. And when you, so if you feel discouraged, not to get ahead of ourselves, but if you feel discouraged, if you feel a myriad of feelings, which you will and you should, always start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Always start with, the problem is probably me. Yeah. Right? Yep. The problem is probably me. And, um, and maybe it's, doesn't have, don't go global. Maybe it's not, you got some big issue. Maybe it's you didn't get enough sleep last night. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's as simple as that. Don't I? I'm not a Christian. No, maybe you just got in bed late. Yeah. Or maybe mm-hmm. you're not a Christian. True. But all, the gospel always teaches us to assume that we're the problem. Start with yourself. Yeah. Yep. So when we think about uh, doing that very thing, we're moving into actually now paying attention. Yeah. All right. Pay mm-hmm. attention. And I would say the first thing we want to tackle here uh, would be hear the sermon in church. Like, go to church. Yes. Like a the, not, I get that the church is more than the building, um, but your church meets in a building. Mm-hmm. So go there, not online. Um, go hear the sermon in church together physically. Uh, that's where you need to be. And go ready to pay attention. Yeah, when you show up physically Sunday morning to the gathering of God's people, it is a you are demonstrating um, a part of our future hope mm-hmm. that we are when, when I see people walk into the building, when I get to greet them in the name of the Lord, I, I am reminded of their perseverance. Mm-hmm. I am reminded of this is what it will be like one day in heaven. Like, you made it. Yes. <laughs> right? We are here together. That is every Sunday as we gather physically, it is a picture of what we are pushing towards one day when we will be with our Lord together. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so... And there's many more things I could say about physically gathering, but you just, the dangers of online watching are far too many to outweigh the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, just, it's very simple. Hebrews says, don't forsake gathering together. Yeah. So, and they didn't have online option at that moment. So that's not included in the semantic range. Mm-hmm of that passage in Hebrews. <laughs> right. So I hate it when I see a church say, join us online. It's just not biblically possible to join you online. Um, I'm not even comfortable saying that you're listening to a sermon when you listen to it online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a sermon only happens in the context, and this is, this is my personal conviction, but I don't think a sermon happens unless you're physically in the context of the gathered body of believers from... Uh, the authorities of the church in that situation. Otherwise, you're just you're just listening to someone talk about the Bible, mm-hmm. and so you can do that right. online, but you're not engaged in a sermon right. where you have a preacher speaking in authority right. over you from the Word of and God. We, and we understand. So I grew up with the going to visit shut-ins with my dad at my dad's church, and I remember they would take them cassette tapes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to listen to. And, and we would spend time. And there was a sadness there mm-hmm. that they physically yes. could not be with us. But that it was not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. No. It was a reminder. Of heaven. Of heaven. Mm-hmm. And that one day this will not be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will be together forever. But, but, but we just want to isolate ourselves from anything that feels uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we want heaven right now, which is a good thing. But, 
but we just try to minimize all of the tension right now. And then what that happens is that decreases our longing for heaven. Yeah. Instead well, of letting the tension sit. The two things that I typically think of when it comes to this topic is, uh, one, Jesus says, let him who has ears, let him hear. Right. So, yeah. I mean, even at our lunch today, we were talking about variations of this and that that is something when it comes to who's going to hear the words that like my expectation as a preacher, when I speak, I know not everyone's going to hear me. <laughs> like that's my expectation. Sure. It makes me sad. Um, but I'm there for those who have ears to hear. Yeah. And the second thing that I think of is Jesus's call to come and die. And Sunday mornings is part of coming and dying. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes it feels like dying. Cause yeah. It's supposed to. Yeah. Cause mm. like one of the things I wanted to say is that it, it's, if you don't feel tension in a sermon, like there's a good chance you should be worried mm-hmm. mm. um, because then that means uh, we're, we're probably like there's a target there that's not getting hit like it should be, or you should, or you're not being convicted by the spirit and, mm. and you should be worried. Um, I think people, if they start feeling tension, they're like, Oh no, something's wrong which is true, and then their finger goes away from themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think it, the problem is outside, somewhere yeah, out there, yeah, not but, inside. But the, yeah, exactly. So the thing I want to say is like, if there's, if you're sensing like this tension, wow, well, I need to. That's a good thing. Yes. Like praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God that He would love you enough to use His Word and His lowly messengers to bring His Word to you, so that you would grow. So that you would flourish, that you would be sanctified, yeah. right? If, yeah. if he, my wife has said this before. If God leaves you alone, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't feel the tension, if you don't hear air quotes God speak, and she's come to learn that often when God speaks, it just doesn't feel good. Uh, you're describing Hebrews ten. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in Old Testament, Twelve. saints understood that when God showed up, it was a scary thing. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. knew that God was the one who must fight their battles. Yeah, and he knew that God was the one who promised to supply for their and salvation needs. alone was in Him. Exactly. But if you, if God leaves you alone and you don't feel that tension, <laughs> if I'm that's not a being, bad thing. If I'm not being disciplined, I'm not a son. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 when you when we think about hearing the sermon in church, think about like you should expect the preacher to preach. Like he knows the people that are present to you, to you, <laughs> praise God. So uh, what I mean, literally, very practically, for we as as preachers uh, and pastors at Christ the Lord, we're aware of the struggles and the sins and the rebellion and the joys that's going on around the body in general, and we're going to take that data, and as we study the passage. We're going to literally think, how can I say this in a way that hits those targets? Yes. And, and not only are we, we do that uh, uh, like unapologetically, but that's conviction of ours. It's our job. <laughs> Be, yeah. And you and, 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 and people uh, listening should see that as a grace. Right. Because we love God and we love you. Yeah. That's why we do it. Yeah. I mean, I know as I've sat under your preaching and been in the pew, I know because I know you guys well enough that you're talking to me mm. at times, like not just in like the preachers talking to me. We, we say that you were talking to me today, preacher. <laughs> but like here, we're like, yeah, I was <laughs> like, you were in my and I know that you guys have preached to my 
sin proclivities, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know that I'm going through something that I'm trying to persevere and this is an encouragement for me. Mm-hmm. I know when you've preached to my wife and mm-hmm. my wife has said, I'm thankful for preachers who love me enough to preach from the word of God to my sin and show me my savior. Mm-hmm. But I've preached to your wives. Mm-hmm. I've preached. I huh? Yes. So if you, if you, if anybody asking the question, hear me clearly. Yes, we are preaching to you. Because we, we are targeting you. you. Yes, because we, we're targeting your <laughs> sin. We are targeting your sin. For the glory of God right. and for your eternal joy yes. in the presence of God. Yes, because I'm targeting you with the Bible. Yes, yes, because we love you. Like my dad always used to say, I trust you, Jeff, but I do not in any way whatsoever trust your flesh. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue to come after that. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that we say on Sunday is specifically for you. Occasionally, you should duck. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. let, the, let it hit the person behind He's you. He's talking to me. Like, no, so. no. Now, <laughs> now, let me say there. Sometimes you should duck. Yeah, that, that's a good that's That's a good why phrase. Jeff moves around on the stage so he can catch a better <laughs> exactly. line of sight with some people. <laughs> hey, so-and-so, move down. I'm talking to the yeah. guy behind you. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sometimes we assume that the preacher is talking about us, and, and really that's just a spirit of pride and arrogance. It is. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. You know, he's definitely talking about me. Right, and so often we can be so arrogant to think that, uh, or, or, think, only, or to think we're the only you, one. You, you, that's my point. You're the yeah. only one that the person. Because if you think talking I'm talking about you, probably am. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, think I'm right. only talking about but, you, but right. not no. the only person. There's other people who have your sins. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. But yes, yeah. learn like, and so learn how to duck. One of the things, it, if you're humble, you'll you'll learn how to duck. Yeah. And if you don't know if you should duck on that point, man, man go to the pastor and ask him. Go hey, to the pastor. that point to be, you said this, do you think that applies to me? And do yeah. it with humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, go and to the pastor and ask them. But we also want to encourage you that while you sh- we want you to trust, and I think you're commanded to trust your, your pastors and preachers, we're not just saying, like, do it mindlessly. We, again, no. do the work. Go to yeah. the passage and see what it says. Yes. Yeah, check. Check what the which is another one of our sub points. You should check the preacher uh, and what he says mm-hmm. against what the what the word of God says. Yeah. Well, now now you got to you got to also though understand like okay, I want to help you listen well here that not everything the preacher says is going to be from that specific passage. <laughs> so there's there's two other big things that's going to dictate content in a sermon. One is going to be the the current um, situation and context and preaching to which it's being spoken into. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have modern application because this is a different people. Contextualized. Secondly, there's going to be a lot of content that's coming from other parts of the Bible that are not being explicitly referenced. Yeah. So just just know that as you're listening, you're you're like, well, I don't see that in the Bible. He must be eisegeting the text, you know. Yeah, so that's why we led with ask the preacher. We would be happy to tell you where that came from. Yeah, or even better, you could go to the Bible and find where it's at yourself. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can help you get there a little quicker. What no. we would say though, on the flip side, is that don't go listening for ammo to use against them. Uh, there, there's. A sense that we get often from people that it's an adversarial relationship. You come in on Sunday, you should be expecting to hear from the word of the Lord. You should be expecting to be fed by shepherds who love you and care for you. But what often happens is because of pride, 
we come in with this adversarial relationship where I'm coming in expecting to hear from the preacher and he's probably going to tell me something I don't like and I'm going to have to defend myself against his assault. Mm -hmm. And so then we go to the word and we try to find all the things that he did wrong with it, even though we don't really know. We don't know how many books of the Bible there are and we can't tell you who wrote what. Yeah, we, we need to you need to come into it. Um, some guys are talking about how fathers should be in their corner. Um, like you want to be in the corner of your kids and it's like a like a boxing match. You, you need to think of it like, man, you're, you're in this world boxing, and it's bloody, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Some of your marriages are, like, bloody and hard, and it, it's like a boxing. And then you go to the guy on, that's the coach on the side who's in the corner. Like, and you think of your pastors and your preachers, in this context, your preacher, like, he, he's like the coach that's in the corner. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, he's saying, hey, look, yeah, that swing you did right there, that sucked. Yeah. And and when you did that, you weren't guarded. You weren't guarding the other side of your face with your other hand. So then you got cracked. So you, you swung and you missed. And then because you didn't have your guard up, now you took a right hook mm-hmm. in your cheek. And, and man, that, like, that sucks. But but listen, if you do this and you do this, you know, put your hand up and swing this way, like, you got it. You'll yeah. get it. And they'll get back out there and do it. Like, I'm I'm in your corner. I was this talking. Is, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not the other guy's coach. That's that's all perspective because I was talking with my coach about that uh, just last week because I watched a, vi- a video of some guys sparring, and uh, there's only one corner guy, and for the first part of the of the round, he's coaching one dude, and he's just tagging the dude left and right. Well, then he starts coaching the other guy, and shuts him down, and then starts tagging him left and right and it's all because he's has a different perspective and he's able to call these things out yes and you and you jump right on it so yeah our encouragement would be quit hitting mickey in the face like he's in your corner <laughs> that's right <laughs> don't punch for, me like go out there it's a rocky the reference it is for, a rocky for the record. i expect you to know that one yeah i was gonna say people should know that <laughs> well you know not mickey mouse yeah he, he didn't mean mickey <laughs> although he could use punch in the face too but yes yeah um, <laughs> so, so the third one is practice. Yeah, uh, and our sub point here is be there week by week. Yeah, be there week by week. Uh, faithfulness over decades. Like you got to understand, it's part of why it's valuable to be under the same preaching for a long period of time because yes. that preacher is going to grow. And and a side note here: if you don't grow with him. You're going to get disgruntled and you're going to leave. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're yeah. going to start missing things. You're not going to understand. You're going to start complaining. You're going to start making excuses for yourself. And then all of a sudden, it's the preacher's fault and you're going to leave. So you got to grow with. Yeah. Um, so see everything we just said before. <laughs> uh, but you, you've got to week in and week out because, in part, there's a big context. Yeah. Well, there's a lot being said and then and then as more is said more is assumed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're many many weeks into Hebrews now. I'm not repeating everything we've said in Hebrews. If you don't remember yet that Jesus is the better, then we can't help you. Yeah, that's right. Like <laughs> that's right. It's kind of the same sermon every week. Yeah. Yeah. Those pieces there. And cuz the other thing when we talk about expectations is that you walk in, maybe you've got the right expectations that you're going to hear from the Lord. That you're going to hear something that's specifically for you, but then you get into as we talked about just a, a couple of weeks ago. Now it's time to do the training mm-hmm. practice, mm-hmm. and you have to embrace the suck. Like it's hard yeah. to do that practice sometimes, but people want 
that you, you talked about the microwave component earlier that you expect to have this growth like crazy from one sermon. Yeah. And that's not, that's not what happens. No, it is faithfulness over decades. And slow, so, steady, plodding along. Yeah. People look at the way maybe that, you know, we talk about the Bible because I, I had this view when I was a, a teenager. I'm like, I want to be able to just be able to snap off verses and, and know the themes of books and stuff. And just how about that familiarity? I, I longed for that, but I couldn't just get that overnight. And so this this came about from training. Yeah, there's been several times uh, I've done this in the past, where I kind of gathered all my notebooks from sermons, and I just brought them on stage and be like, "This, for w- right. whatever this is, this is, you know, God's faithfulness to me this over the years." This is a lot of hard work too. Yeah, uh, over the years, and and uh, in a sense, you've, you've earned this, and so you reap what you've sown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and how often people hope to get where others that are more mature for their, all, for their long in the race are by a hop, skip, and a jump mm-hmm. when that person has taken many, many small steps and crawled at some times yeah. to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, too, before we kind of wrap it up here, um, when you come into the preaching of God's Word in, in preparation for that, how you are engaging with the Word of God on your own is how you will hear the oh, Word of God Oh, yeah. Preached. That's a good point. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. So not just your knowledge of the scriptures, but all these expectations and, and all these things we've just listed. If if you're hearing the word of God preached and and those are you know these negative uh, reactions, it's probably not probably it is because when you read the word of God, that's the way you approach it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you will approach the preaching of the word of God the way that you read the word of God. It's to know, love your affections. So it's already there, right? Before so we if get you're, to yeah, if you're if you're hearing this for somebody else in a I, I don't need this, they just need that, and it's not in an equipping way. When you read the scriptures, that's how you're going to hear preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see the offensive stuff, or you're going to pass over the stuff that's hard, and you're going to read the stuff that's yeah. easy. Or like uh, a number of years ago, I was sitting with a person in a membership interview and they came in saying, I was like, well, what's your Bible intake look like? And and they said, well, basically when I have a situation that arises, I go to the Bible and I research that situation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, not that we can't ever go to the Bible and research our situations. We should do that. Absolutely. But what's in the driver's seat? Yeah. So uh, the the circumstances in the driver's seat and not and not the word of God as it should be. So the same thing is true here. If that's your approach to the Bible, well, I'm just going to let my circumstances dictate what I go to the Bible for. Then if your circumstances don't happen to line up to what's being preached on that day, yeah. then it's just going to go in one ear and out the other or you'll be like, oh, I don't understand or I'm not getting anything out of it or you know blah yeah. blah blah. Yeah. So come in saying what does God have for me today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to because I would also encourage you to start cataloging these things that maybe aren't as pertinent for today. Yes, put put them in your pocket. To what you were describing about earlier that we do when we allude to the whole scriptures. Yeah, like, we're talking about the whole story. <laughs> we're talking about the whole biblical theology. You can start cataloging those things now. Yeah, so yeah. you can pull them out when you need them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, what's awesome, I I know of a number of our members that do that. Yeah. I've been saying this for a while too, and I'm trying to put this into practice in my own life in a real way. When I open God's word in the morning, you know, we always say after the reading of God's word on Sunday, thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. And I want that spirit to just be overflowing out of me when I sit down and open God's word. This is God's word. Like this is God's holy word. Mm-hmm. He has not left me alone. I and mean, when I say, speak to me, Lord, he hands me my Bible. 
Yeah. And he says, read it mm-hmm. and know it and obey it. And I don't always like what I read in the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? It calls me to hard things. It calls me to sacrifice. It calls me to what? Come and die. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy, but it is good. Yes. It's the, it's the, of course he's not a tame lion, but he is good. Mm-hmm. There is no other one that is good. It's, it's Peter saying, where are we going to go, Lord? These are hard things, but where are we going to go? You have the words of life. Yep. Yes. And we've got to get into this posture of, I, I may not like it, but I know that that's God's word. It is right always. It is authoritative always. It is sufficient always. And I want to come to a place where I can truly, from a happy heart, say thanks be to God. Yeah. yeah. That's from Pilgrim's Progress, too. It's kind of the play on the Peter thing of like, he's never let me down before, so I'm going to continue on. Yeah. Way. yeah, he's a yeah. good which yeah. which is great to our last point here. Mm-hmm. Then go do what the Bible says. Go do what the Bible says. And and do it today. Yeah. Don't hesitate. Don't leave a gap. Like I, I made this statement recently when I was teaching, and you need to go repent, like it was about the fathers. You need to go repent of this sin and do it before you get soft again. Yeah. <laughs> do right? it. You gotta strike while the iron's hot. Do it yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Every week in our networking group, I do a, uh, this is a business networking group. I do the networking education and I'm just relating networking principles, relationship principles from, from books and stuff to them. And they all love it because I'm a good public speaker. Yeah. And like, that's nice. You're so good at this, blah, blah, blah. And I always give them action steps, hmm. but I know that most of them are just hearing the good warm fuzzies about relationships and networking and it's not, they're not doing anything with them. Yeah. I know that that's the... The reality, right? And, and the the sad thing and the danger here is that if you don't do something with it, something will happen to you. Yeah, that's what like, we forget. There is no neutral. Exactly. No. No. You either progress forward to what I was saying earlier. You either grow with your pastors as they grow, mm-hmm. and you change with them, or you find yourself disconnected, disgruntled, and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And and now you're in danger land. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not the quickest runner out there, but uh, there's a huge difference between me pulling off the path when I'm with somebody and tying my shoe real quick and them continuing versus them continuing and me walking backwards Yeah, and then trying to catch mm, up. Yeah. yeah, Because it's not just me pulling off to tie my shoe, take a breather real quick. Yeah. Uh, you go in reverse. Yeah. That's right. And we, I think our church knows this, we take the preaching of God's word very seriously. Like it is a, I think it was... Might have been John Owen that talked about he. Tri- no, it was uh, it was Knox. He talked about he didn't. He wasn't as terrified as when he was in the pulpit. Of mm-hmm. any, nothing else, he wasn't terrified. But when he got in that pulpit, he was terrified. Yeah, because souls are at stake. Mm-hmm. It's it's life and it's death. And it made me think of Second um, Timothy four. It says, "I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is." to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and at his kingdom, preach the word. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to talk about be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. But when we preach the word, that is, that is on our shoulders, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, we trust in, in, in the, the greatest preacher um, and the chief shepherd, but that is upon our shoulders. And so we take the preaching of God's word seriously and we want our people to take the, the listening, listening of yeah. God's word being preached. Yeah, we seriously. hold each other accountable to yeah. to what we bring on Sunday. Yeah, and so that means we want to do. Yeah, we hold each other accountable. Um, we help each other hone our craft. Um, we want to be faithful to the word of God. 
So that sometimes means, you know, hey, you, you, you need to do this or you need to explain this better here or whatever. But we got to do our job and we're asking our people to do their job. Yeah. Jeff, you have a, a great story, I think, from your dad. Um, that I think would be fantastic to close us out. Why don't you take that? Yeah. So my dad, I grew up with horses. My dad was um, a wonderful, masculine, godly man who taught us how to be men, how to work hard, how to be gentlemen, though. And um, my dad uh, would shoe our horses. Uh, he learned to be a farrier. And um, I apprenticed under him. And so I can, I can shoe horses, which is kind of cool. Um, it's hard on your back. But my dad apprenticed under a local farrier. His name was Ernie Gray. Um, and my dad went to him and said, hey, I would like to apprentice under you, you know, and I'll, I'll pay you or I can work for you, you know, in exchange for you teaching me. And uh, Ernie had just become a Christian, actually, um, <laughs> in the recent past. And he said, here's, here's the deal. Uh, you come with me. I'll teach you how to shoe horses if you'll teach me about the Bible. Hmm. Um, and I'd like to learn extra and be discipled. So they would go and, and Ernie shooed like these horses that were worth so much money. Uh, funny side story. My dad said the first horse that he worked on outside of our own personal horses with Ernie was this pony. And he's cause it was like, you know, he's my dad's thinking, well, this is like going to be OK. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I can't screw up here. So he's, <laughs> he's working on this pony and Ernie leans down and says this this horse is uh, worth fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> and my dad said he threw his his uh, his rasp down and was like, you didn't tell me that <laughs> mess this horse up. There's souls at stake here. Yeah, exactly. But the that was story a play on words. Right. I hear you. I, I ah. no, I got it. Okay. I got ah. it. I just didn't think it was so funny. <laughs> I don't have my rim shot. <laughs> but here's the, here's the story that when we when we talk about we will do our job in the preaching of God's word. We take it seriously. And we want you to do your job in the listening of God's word and take it seriously. My dad said they were at this thoroughbred farm. They brought out this stallion who was worth a lot of money, and he was he was crazy. Thoroughbred stallions are known for being insane. Two uh, grooms with two lead lines on either side of him to hold him hmm. and he was going nuts and they're looking at ernie like put shoes on this horse he's <laughs> kicking the grooms he's biting so ernie tough dude dealt with a lot of horses starts working on him horses going insane um 10 minutes into it ernie stands up packs up his bag looks at him and says i'm a farrier not a horse trainer train your horse and then I will come and put shoes on it. Mm-hmm. So we are preachers. We are preachers of God's word, mm-hmm. right? But you, you got to train yourself too. Mm-hmm. You got to do your part. Like train yourself and we'll equip you. <laughs> we'll put shoes on you, mm-hmm. right? We, right. We, we, work, we work together here. That's right. But how often do, do people look and say that the preacher's got to do it all and they're not, they're, you're expecting us to put you on our uh, on our backs. No, the table is and set. Run with you. And the table's set. We're not going to airplane it into your mouth. No, no, we can't do that. No, that doesn't help you. That doesn't help us. We're not being faithful to God's word. So we're preachers. We're farriers, not horse trainers. That's right. So you do your part, and we'll do ours. Amen. Yeah. Well, we hope that that has been super helpful, and what it means to listen. We appreciate you listening to this podcast. Want to encourage you as always, specifically as we're talking about the word here and receiving it with joy. I want to encourage you to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. We'll see you next time.